As you walk across the field, you can feel the wind gently blow through your hair. Your homemade basket is full of fresh strawberries from your garden, the weight of your efforts satisfying in your hands. You approach your cozy home, a delightful cottage with lacy curtains and wooden furniture. This is Cottagecore. Welcome to Subculture with Olga and Michaela, a new KPLY Anthro collaborative podcast from Palo Alto High School, where we explore the complexities of internet niches and aesthetics. In these first two episodes, we'll focus on the rise and critiques of the world of cottagecore. Cottagecore is a world of flowy white dresses, fresh-cut flowers, homemade jam and bread, fields of grass, and sun-dappled forests. It is a return to a more simple life, often drawing aesthetic inspiration from the Victorian or Regency eras of history. If you search the term cottagecore into any social media platform, especially TikTok, Tumblr, or Pinterest, you'll be greeted with a seemingly infinite number of images and videos of peaceful picnics, cute cows, and sunny skies. Cottagecore creators on TikTok, such as Here at the Cottage and A Clothes Horse, have amassed followings of 321,000 and 346,000 respectively, and the hashtag cottagecore has a staggering 3.8 billion views. It has quickly became one of the most popular and defining aesthetics of the year, and has spawned sub-aesthetics such as Goblincore, Clettercore, and Forestcore. I sum up cottagecore with like four words. That's the voice of Nomi Serrier, a pastry chef and owner of the Instagram account with nearly 5,000 followers, Cottagecore Black Girls. An inspiration board account featuring and promoting, you guessed it, Black Girls in cottagecore-esque images. You'll hear much more from Nomi about her message and account in the next episode, so stay tuned. Cottagecore is simplicity, your roots, your community, and peace. So simplicity in that it is going back to a much simpler lifestyle, like back when people used to make their own bread, make their own clothes, socialize with each other, trade with each other, communicate with each other. The reason I say roots is because cottagecore is different for so many different people. You know, for indigenous people, cottagecore is completely different than what it is for um, Europeans, and that's completely different than what it is for islanders like me, and then it's different for city girls. So I say always remember your roots. Cottagecore is basically someone's roots, so I say that everyone's roots is different. That's why everyone's cottagecore looks different. Cottagecore's main base is within Gen Z, and so I spoke to two Gen Z, self-professed Cottagecore content consumers about what the aesthetic represented to them. Hi, my name is Reese. I'm a junior at Palo Alto High School. My name is Marissa. I'm in 11th grade. What, how would you define the Cottagecore aesthetic? I mean, you know, just living in not really the woods, but like meadow, you know, just farm animals, gardening, baking, having little picnics. Cottagecore is a lot, there are lots of common things that people think about. Number one, obviously a cottage, <laughs> it's in the name, and it's the ideation of living in a rural area without any problems or, or living with your loved one and having a bunch of flowers or pets. That's what it is to me. But where did it all start? Where did cottagecore come from? Let's start at the beginning. Like so many things, it all began on Tumblr. On April 25th, 2018, user Garden Gnome Prince posted the first mood board to Tumblr with the hashtag cottagecore. 
It showcased various aesthetic images of heart-shaped strawberries, blue gingham cloths billowing on a clothesline, jam, and also pictures of a gay couple reading together. The board ended up garnering about 800 notes in two years. The first time a cottagecore post really gained popularity was on June 9, 2018, when a post by Tumblr user MossBuzz captioned cottagecore couples showed a mood board with various animal couples in a cute nature setting. The post gained 1,879 notes in its two years on the site. From its origins on Tumblr, Cottagecore spread to platforms such as Pinterest, Facebook, and Reddit, where the aesthetic began to gain both increasing popularity and its association with them lesbians. When Cottagecore really became mainstream, however, was when it reached the short-form video-sharing app TikTok in early 2020. The medium of video suited the aesthetic wonderfully, bringing to life the imaginary situations that Tumblr and Instagram had only managed to put into text or still images. Rather than relying on their own imaginations to bring mystical flower fields and picnics to life, users could now view real, dynamic, incredibly immersive videos from cottagecore creators, paired with calming or nostalgic music. But why now? Why the sudden boom in Cottagecore's popularity, going from a relatively small corner of Tumblr to a platform dominating widely known aesthetic in less than two years? Well, to better understand the present, we oftentimes have to look back. Let's take a detour to the turn of the 21st century. The aesthetics of the early 2000s were painfully futuristic brought on by the idea of the new millennium and focus on shows of wealth and status. Think of people like the Kardashians and Paris Hilton, people who are famous because they were so rich and out of touch. These were the symbols, the idols of the first decade of the 21st century. While this idolization of the super wealthy was nothing new, it was perhaps stronger than the 2000s in the previous decades because of the 2008 recession. Suddenly, luxury items such as Louis Vuitton purses and juicy couture sweatsuits and the newest iPhone were more than just expensive. They were markers of wealth and expendable income, income that fewer and fewer people had due to the recession. There is, of course, the classic idea of rarity breeding desirability. We want what we can't have, and we'll look towards a future in which we can get it. In the case of the 2000s, the general populace was struggling economically. And so they dreamed of a future in which they were like the Kardashians, Nicole Richie, and Paris Hilton, who never had to worry about paying bills or a mortgage. That became the goal. The first decade of the 21st century also brought one of the most rapid periods of technological development in the world's history. The first MacBook came out in 2006, followed by the introduction of the iPhone in 2007. Early social media platforms such as MySpace, Facebook, and later YouTube all rose to popularity in the 2000s. This increasing focus on tech seeped into the aesthetic and music of the decade, too. Futurism, computer-generated graphics, metallic colors, and synthetic fabrics all became dominant, and pop music was characterized by techno beats, synth, and purposefully heavy auto-tuning. An example I always think of is the music video for the Kylie Minogue song, Can't Get You Out of My Head, in which Kylie Minogue drives her CGI-generated yellow car into a CGI-generated, hyper-futuristic city, intercut with clips of her dancing with groups of cyborgs. To me, it's a kind of imperfect encapsulation of the aesthetics of the 2000s. So what do the early 2000s have to do with cottagecore? When one thing rises to prominence, it is inevitable that aesthetics or movements opposite to them will rise simultaneously, or in this case, in following years. 
Think of the all-American, clean, strict fashions and societal norms of the 40s and 50s, in contrast with the free-spirited, globalist, loose ones of the 60s and 70s. We see a similar thing happening today with the rise of cottagecore. Though it is by no means the biggest reason for the new popularity of cottagecore, it is certainly worth considering that the simplistic, often historically inspired, frilly cottagecore aesthetic is a response to, and a result of, the cold futurism of the earlier parts of the century. To touch back on rarity and desirability, popular aesthetics are often popular because they reflect the wants of a large part of the population. In the early 2000s, many young people wanted to be wealthy. Today, they simply want to be happy. The world went into 2020 with a blissfully, perhaps slightly naive sense of optimism. It was a new decade, a fresh beginning, a time to press restart and make a better world. That optimism quickly began to crumble as 2020 wore on, as tragedy after tragedy hit humanity. Thanks to the internet and social media, we have had access to news of whatever fresh hell the world has had to throw at us since an incredibly young age, and the 21st century has felt like one long trek through that fresh hell. This is a double-edged sword. On the one hand, Gen Z is fired up to create change. The Morning Consultant reports that a staggering 88% of Gen Zers have done something related to the Black Lives Matter protests, and trust of institutions such as the police and the American government are falling at record rates. There is no doubt that constant access to the news has something to do with it. However, this flaming passion comes with a price. Burnout. With the impending climate change apocalypse, coronavirus, systemic racism, and the failures of capitalism leading to a rise in homelessness, unemployment, and destruction, it can feel like our world is falling apart. Or rather, that our world was never together in the first place, and that there is absolutely nothing we can do to put it back together. Not to mention your everyday teenage angst and academic deadlines to sweeten up the dystopian experience. It is only natural that we want a way out, some way to escape. By running away and living your life in a way you are starting anew and you are distancing yourself from bad things that are negatively influencing you and that are like a constant burden. Yes, I do think that cottage court is also a way to neglect um, a possible apocalypse because, you know, like nature is thriving, like your social interactions are all perfect and you have like everything you could want basically. And then, amongst the chaos, there comes a silver lining. Kind of. For the lucky non-essential worker Gen Zers, there is a mandatory return to simplicity. Quarantine. By the beginning of April, the great machine of the United States had ground to a screeching halt. 45 states had issued stay-at-home orders to some part of the state, with 42 having issued statewide ones. Save for essential workers, everyone was forced to stay inside, to step away from society as we know it. Grocery stores and restaurants and clothing shops all became places that we could no longer access without the risk of contracting the virus, and so people began to cook, to bake, to sew for themselves. Whether out of boredom or need for distraction or even necessity, we began to pick up hobbies, often ones reminiscent of an earlier time, like embroidery or crocheting or painting. As humans with imaginations, we often find ourselves inclined to romanticize the more mundane aspects of our lives, and cottagecore allowed users to do so. Plus, 
With increased reliance on technology and screens for school and work, modern technology suddenly became something many people wanted to avoid. Cottagecore envisions a world somewhat in the bygone ages, a world in which you work with your hands, in the garden or in a field, away from the reliance on technology. With being shut up inside all day, the great outdoors suddenly seemed incredibly appealing. TikTok, you know, spending most of my time on there in quarantine because I don't have anything else to do. And just seeing those people living their lives in meadows and little cottages and baking all the time. Like I wanted, I was like that, I want that to be me. You know, I just want to, I just want to live that life. Want to frolic in meadows and play with animals and bake and have picnics and tea parties. With everyone kind of being forced into government isolation all over the world, not just like in one country or one place, it's just such a unique thing to happen for everyone in the world to be experiencing the same thing at the same time. And I think we all kind of like, I joke around that we all turned into peasants again. We all started baking. We started spending time with family. We started spending time with our animals. And we realized that, oh, the thing we've been missing out all this time is right here at home. And Cottagecore really solidifies those ideals. It's the one aesthetic that really you know, incorporates all of this spending time with family, all this community, all of this like baking. For a lot of people, it's just very comforting because I think there's something very human about, you know, kind of settling into this like cottagecore lifestyle where it's all about like community and friends and food and family and, you know, staying at home and learning how to do things that we normally don't learn how to do anymore. So, the combined factors of a general need for escapism, added with the solitude of quarantine, significantly boosted the appeal of cottagecore. Who wouldn't want to move away to a peaceful grassland paradise, entirely separated from the hellscape of the modern, industrialized world, from the pandemic, from the stresses of the future? The pressures and problems of society seem so far away when you live separate from society itself. Cottagecore offers a fantasy world to escape into, a life to dream of. And today for Gen Z, with the future feeling so incredibly uncertain, the world so incredibly chaotic, peace, quiet, and a life of baking bread in a little cottage seems like the best that life can offer. Thank you for listening to the first episode of the Subculture series on Cottagecore. Join us in the second episode as we dive into the darker side of this seemingly light, innocent aesthetic. Until then, this has been Olga and Michaela for KPOI Radio from Palo Alto High School. A special thank you to all those interviewed and to Megatracks for providing music.